0: I've also started in on the final season of Supernatural, finally. Because they've finished the season. they finished the series. It's done. It's finished. It's So I'm just like, cool, I can start binge-watching the last season and catch up.
1: Have they had the same haircuts for like 20 years, the two lads?
0: Almost. I I think Sam has cut his hair a few times, but Dean has pretty much always looked like Dean. There was one character change that I really liked to that character, is that post-season three, could be season two, and I think it's season three, no, post season three. So after he goes to hell, his voice sounds deeper because he's always hoarse from how long he was screaming in the US. Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a nice thing. They never point it out, but they've said, like on like DVD extras and stuff, like, no, that's why he does that. Yeah. And it's really jarring when you go back and watch season one. You're like, he doesn't sound like that. What's going on? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if it'll tie in. I had an idea for a, a episode uh, topic. Uh, before we do that, hi, I'm Johnny Lynch. That's Glenn and we're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, TV shows, and video games. Welcome to Dystropia. Years ago. Uh, how are we all? Uh, I, I'll tell you what I was watching and playing recently, and then I'll tell you the topic. Have you ever played the the uh, board game Code Names? Yes. You've got all the words on the table, and you try to find something that links them together. This this is me just basically saying what I was watching and playing, and be like, I'll find a topic that make sure how we do. Yeah, the least amount of work possible, where I can just <laughs> reuse anything I've already done. Um, but I was playing Control, and I played through the DLCs. Uh, and for anyone who hasn't played Control, it is you and the the uh, a psychic lady going into the Federal Bureau of Control, which is a stand-in for like FBI at, via the X Files and Supernatural and Fringe and all that kind of.
0: It's um... SCP the game.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Franzensberg. And, uh, during the, the game proper, you're going through this building and, and there's crazy shit happening on every floor and you're, you're accruing powers, Mega Man style and, uh, like putting things back together and solving mysteries. And then the two DLCs is like, one of them is the foundation. So it's like underneath the house, like, and the, the history of it. And the other one is AWE, which is altered world event. And it goes into the events of Alan Wake, which is a game I really liked. Um, and it, the same people. Remedy. Yes, made by Remedy. And uh, Sam Lake, the writer, who is the face of Max Payne. <laughs> literally. And literally is the face of Max Payne. He still posts on Instagram, just every so often, does the eyebrow and the face, like the really pained, constipated look of Max Payne. Uh, so that's, that's what I've been playing. And uh, what I've been watching was a Dustin Hoffman movies, just randomly. Uh, Midnight Cowboy is shown up on... Uh, On Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, it's the only X-rated Oscar-winning movie, and I've never seen it. I should absolutely watch that." And it's mad. It's brilliant. It's uh, it's about a Texas gigolo who moves to New York and meets up with this ratty little fuck who's played by Dustin Hoffman. It's John Voight as the cowboy lad, Mm -hmm. and it's him trying to be a hustler and trying to (laughs) just him trying. For anyone who's
0: not seen it, it's where the line "Hey, I'm walking here" comes from. I'm
1: walking here, and that was
0: not in part of the script. It was literally they were trying to shoot the scene and a taxi tried to pull around and he just reacted in character.
1: Yeah. I did, and kept going with the scene. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. one of, it's part of a longer shot. It's great.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, it's all... I didn't realize how 60s Andy Warhol crazy it is, this movie. And it's one of the first movies I've seen where they show things that are completely in the character's head and didn't happen. Like there's a bit where he's writing a postcard and then he imagines the person getting it and reading it and just being like, all right. And the next scene is him kind of looking out a window but tearing up the postcard. So the scene where the person was reading it never happened. But they don't they don't explain that. They just have it in the movie of him writing a postcard, someone reading it, and then later he's tearing up the same postcard because he's like, eh, I, I, there's no point in me sending this. The, the person doesn't need to see it. So there's like points of violence and stuff. It's a really old trope now, but that thing where you're watching somebody in a really tense scene, and then they go insane and start like, slashing people's throats and shooting people and then it cuts back to a few seconds earlier uh they literally just do this in The Sinner which I was watching as well where like the guy goes crazy and slashes two people's throats and then it cuts back to like the altercation he was having He's like you're going to do something you're going to do something and he's like I'm going to walk away if Uh, everyone
0: is in um Total Recall no shit the name's just disappeared out of my head now High Fidelity High Fidelity when um Jim Robbins' character comes into the, the record store and yeah. how, and the various ways that he would react to it and including the one where they jump the counter and like just start like bully circle of them and drop a, <laughs> an air conditioning unit on his head.
1: Uh, the first one I ever saw was Total Recall where he's in the car with the guy who's sleeping with his wife and I'm, I'm watching it be like am, am I to suspect that they're, they're what like the wife is sleeping with this guy because he's manlier manlier than Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and the guy's like oh, I'm totally sleeping with this girl and he just punches him and like breaks his nose and then it just cuts back to like the conversation where yeah. the guy is completely fine and I'm like alright but uh, uh, but that's literally
0: to make you doubt the rest of the film
1: yeah, yeah absolutely So um,
0: but that actually has a purpose beyond just the character is pissed off so
1: but they do it two or three times in Midnight Cowboy to the point that at the very end he gets angry at someone uh, and like enacts violence on him and then it cuts to another scene. And I, in my mind, I'm like, clearly, that's just another one of those little things. And then like, I was reading trivia afterwards and I was like, that really weird part where he murdered someone. I was like, I don't think that happened, man. Like that's that's really not supposed to be real. And they're like, maybe. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> is, is there a murder halfway through that movie? Jesus Christ. Um, uh, so I watched that and then I watched The Graduate last night uh because again i'd never seen it okay. uh, i just was on a dustin hoffman binge and i i'm now of the opinion that dustin hoffman's most famous scenes were not planned so the i'm walking here from midnight cowboy mm-hmm. and the very last scene of the graduate where apparently where he he runs up to the the window and hits on it and says mrs Bouvier, except he fucks the line up and says elaine for some reason <laughs> uh but they run out of the the church and they get into the the bus and they're driving off and then it just shows them slowly dawning on them what they've done and they both stop smiling and like stare off into the middle distance and realize that they've probably fucked up their lives and that final scene wasn't supposed to be there they just had a their normal director wasn't there they had some b um b unit director doing it and he never yelled cut so they just filmed them well beyond when the scene was supposed to be and kept it all in the movie and it's great it's amazing
0: well yeah i mean like There's there's some actors who work incredibly well with improv, there's some actors who can't, there's some directors that trust their crew to be able to pull it off. And there's others where everything is like incredibly like rigid. Yep. Like famously, Stanley Kubrick was a prick. Yeah. I don't need to explain that any further. He just was a prick. I mean, like He, he doesn't excuse anything that he did to his actors. Same for Hitchcock. So you know.
1: If you if you don't know about Kubrick. And Hitchcock, but you're you don't you're not arsed uh, looking it up. Watch Ex Machina because Oscar Isaac's is just playing Kubrick. Yep. Yep. He's he's got the beard and everything, and he's like, yeah, I just basically went. I want to be. Everyone sees me as a
0: genius, but I'm a cunt. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, that's like those are the, the directors that are shitheads. The um. <laughs> So here's my re-
1: here's my real tenuous topic then for the Okay going on, go on. So, watching The Graduate for the first time, having never seen it before, mm-hmm. uh, the topic is passing the torch, which is something that happens within movies like, you know, the the old master is dying and gives the weapon to the young samurai or something like that. Okay. But I I realized that uh Tom Cruise was just playing Dustin Hoffman for like the first part of his career. In In The Graduate, Dustin Hoffman's character is a track and field star, so runs a bunch of times in the movie and looks really good doing it. He wears suits that I swear I've seen Tom Cruise wearing. And there's a bit where he gets out of a pool and just puts on a white shirt and like his speedos and walks around and is exactly the the thing from Risky Business. Like he's literally wearing the outfit from Risky Business. And I just kept looking at it going, Tom Cruise 100% wanted to be Dustin Hoffman. I can't unsee it, and the fact that they did Rain Man together was them passing the torch, was them basically saying, I'm going to do a movie with my hero, and then like, I, can, I can go on and be the big movie star and do my own career.
0: Okay.
1: I, and I, I want to go further with that and saying he should now pass the torch in Mission Impossible. The last Mission Impossible was good, but the lads are all 50, coming up on 60. They need, they need to, at this point, start pulling in some young buck who basically looks up to Tom Cruise. And do a torch passing
0: so i have some issues with your theory i'm glad please <laughs> <laughs> wait no i don't have any thanks for sharing that no <laughs> <laughs> did, so i don't yeah. think tom cruise at that point in his career was ever big enough to be able to dictate what he did in a film or like, once once he accepted a role, that was kind of it. He might have had small inputs, but for the most part, I can't see it being him trying to emulate Dustin Hoffman. Maybe other directors saw that in him, but it wasn't really until both Rayman and then Top Gun that that's when he was made a star. Before then, yeah. he was a well-known actor. And bear in mind, his first film, Taps, he was the psychopath bad guy. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, the film came out in 1980, so go for yourself. And um, the the um
1: i don't know i, I saw a load of le- later tom cruise stuff in the graduate and like he's still running in his movies i was like i i see so few people running movies it has to be something to do with this
0: well no because there's already the fucking there's like a scientific paper that shows that the the amount of time he spends running in the film is directly directly proportionate to the amount of uh money that the film makes in the box office hmm <laughs> that's great I mean it, it is actually showing, like what percentage of the movie he spends running versus uh, how much money he makes at the box office mm-hmm. so the films where he doesn't run at all they don't make money um, <laughs> it's a provable there's fact it, there's there's, a, a provable there's, a, fact.
1: there's an Owen Wilson wow 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 oh wow there's an Owen Wilson wow number as well which is like how much money he makes per wow in
0: movies oh, wow wow um, but, but but anyway, yeah, for, for for that specific one, for that whole like, I, I don't necessarily think that later on. Yes, maybe he did. Maybe what maybe doesn't have a mother hero of his. Maybe he saw roles that were he that were similar to what his hero had done. Regarding Mission Impossible, go on. First of all, for the most recent one, I think that was part of like that was part of what they were faking out in the story by bringing yes. in um, yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill's character um i mean you know he's big he's muscly, he's charismatic he can reload yeah. his beard the it's it just has uh, like i think that was part of like a kind of a, a head fake towards it one thing i do like about the most recent Mission Impossible films and i think all of them are good except the second one but, but um the John Moon would just never landed for me. It's too, it's too ridiculous, and the stunts don't have any weight or tension to them. Yeah, it's kind of the thing, it's like, like the bit in the most no, not, no, no, in, in number five J- in Rogue the Nation God. where he goes into the water and he has to like get into the like the fucking the air gapped facility to basically like steal the data. Yeah, and like when he goes into the water, like you know it's good when you suddenly realize you're involuntarily holding your breath while watching. Yeah, yeah, like that's. That's getting you like tense while you're watching it. But what I really like about the the recent ones, and I have to say, like props to crews on that, is he made no attempt whatsoever to hide the fact that he's aging.
1: Yeah, that is, Which is and that, that's why yeah. the passing the torch fake out worked because you're like, oh, they're starting a new crew, they're starting all this stuff because, like, that's it. These these are some older Like it looks. It looks a bit Top Gear at this stage. Like, you've seen Simon Pegg in the background with his leather jacket on. You're like, these lads are getting a bit old, a bit long in the tooth
0: for this now. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, like I, I can understand that. I'm, I'm not sure who's in the next one. They've already cast some of the people for the next one. Because um, Christopher McQuarrie is still doing them now. Yeah. Um, that's the director. Uh, Fallout, Future, So... Mission Impossible... Um. Yeah, so Fallout was six, seven, and eight are still going, like they're like they're one developed storyline that's still going, right? And um, Simon Pegg is definitely back. Right. Um, your man who played Kittridge in the first film is back for the next two. Um, the White Widow, she's coming back, right? Right. Who's Max's daughter? So Max, who's the arms dealer from the first film, and the daughter shows up and it's,
1: like Resident, it's like Resident, Resident Evil. They're
0: just pulling back
1: all these ancient characters. they are like, ah, it's fine, we'll pull these guys in.
0: Um, then yeah, there's a like there's a bunch more people who are like announced as being in the next one or next two. Right. Um so it's 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 one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're still going, but I don't see anyone there. Who they could be setting up as the person that they're going to pass it off to, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um uh, there's because there's a couple can... roles where it's like, yes, this character is there. Oh, like the character is there, or the character is just marked as T V A. Yeah. That type of thing. So uh
1: but in in movie or in media, uh, that was me, that was me just trying to think of one that was like it struck me that was one that like was the real life example nearly in media to be something like in the new star Wars uh, movies where like Ray and Luke Skywalker spend a whole movie like working together. And it's similar to the Luke Skywalker and Yoda thing where it's like that they're training the person to pass the torch and they do the funny bit of her giving him the lightsaber and him fucking it away and messing with her. It's like when you go to a rabbi, he has to turn you down three or four times before you join the religion. (laughs)
0: <laughs> actually maybe uh, I'm looking at it there at, uh... Nicholas Holt has been cast he's joined the next Nicholas Holt Nicholas Holt um, he's uh, fucking what do you call it he's in Mad Max I was Mad thinking Max. of the
1: kid from I was thinking <laughs> of the kid from Arrested Development yeah um oh yeah yeah, no. yeah that... he's in about a, a better boy he's a in... yeah yeah he's a, he's a zombie and something. oh my god he's the kid from um Mac, mad max uh,
0: yeah no he's not the yeah, kid yeah but yeah he's he's what call it? he's nooks from mad max and he's hank mccoy beast in the yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah earlier well the early earlier set x-men films um so yeah so like like maybe they're bringing him in so they can like set him up to be the replacement i'd go with that because i mean either way uh what's his name gets the say on it uh cruz gets the say on it because he owns it
1: yeah yeah 100 it is his franchise uh, sure. yes i like nicholas holt He is good when, like, on screen and it's just him and he's like, ah, pretty blue eyes. Like, that's a good-looking lad. And you can put a ridiculous bit of makeup on him and make him look fucking just weird as fuck. And you're like, yeah, he's lost the character. It's not it's not like some big movie star where, like, you stick horns in them and you're like, eh, it's still obviously that person.
0: Yeah. But, you know, he's... he's, I've never seen him in anything I disliked him in, so maybe he's the one that they're going to pass the torch to. Mm -hmm. And it was only announced at the start of the year that he's been cast in them and they haven't revealed what his role is at all. Right, right. So... That could be, you know. Um I hope though that when they do pass the torch in those films, because I would like to see them continue as long as they can continue at the the level at which they currently operate. Like, because they are yeah. entertaining, but it's like if it starts getting a bit cheesy, then it's going to severely impede the story. Like,
1: like we we all know Fast and the Furious has gone into space. It just has to. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the cheese level is so ridiculous at this point.
0: Re- always, always, always remember that that series. Started off about a gang stealing DVD players. <laughs> um, Stick it with movies. I've never seen Creed. Is that good? Phenomenal, phenomenal film. Again, yeah. it's, it's it's Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan yeah. has been amazing in everything he's in. He's like he stole the show in Black Panther. I'm sorry, he did. Yeah. And um, he's it- the only character that you ever feel bad about in well until maybe the end of season five with bubbles but now he's the only character you feel bad about in the wire yeah um he's like he's just an, an incredibly good actor and um, stallone is on point like people yep. always like they they like to take the piss out of stallone because it was bell's palsy, and he makes these like meathead muscle movies and all the rest but at the same time the man knows phil yeah. The man won an Oscar like for his screenwriting yeah. for Oscar. Uh, for, for Rocky. Like, it's, I mean, like, you know, you can mock him all you want, but that man has an Oscar and you fucking don't. <laughs> and and he earned it. Like, and, um, and yeah, like, it's, it's, it's very well set up. So, like, it's, he plays, like, Jordan's, uh, Jordan plays Apollo Creed's song. And he basically wants to follow in his father's footsteps and asks Rocky to train him. Yeah and while trying to and like rocky's all like i think of like this is my best friend's son but i'm you know like i feel guilty still about my best friend dying partially due to my actions and i don't want to see his son go the same way and so on um but yeah it just like and it, it, like when you're watching you don't think of it as a rocky movie despite him being there despite everyone yeah. calling him rocky despite him <laughs> Him owning a restaurant called Adrian's in it, right? Because he literally had a, a thing for his wife, like a restaurant that yeah. he set up with the money. And despite it being a boxing movie, it, yeah. it's like I it, think this is might... very much focused on Creed and it works. It, it might be the best in media and
1: out of media example then of passing the torch of saying like, yeah, yeah, like we we've, we've set up this franchise, both like a boxing franchise and a movie franchise. It's like. But it's time for the next generation to step up, and we can just just get it kickstarted, and then it'll run by itself. Like it, yeah. it doesn't need me standing
0: over it. Yeah, and like he's 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 in them, but he's it's like he's there, and he has the dialogue, and it's very much like him. So it's
1: You're a, I, I haven't seen it. so I assume he's Mickey. So he's just going, "You're a
0: bum, Michael B. Jordan." Yeah, essentially. Yeah, um, but no, like it's so. There's a lot of like him trying to Michael B Jordan's character Creed is like he's he doesn't necessarily he hasn't seen everything that Rocky's gone through because he hasn't seen the films (laughs) we have as an audience we know all the shit he's gone through so there's a lot of like everyone perceives Rocky to be the hero because of the how it's presented in the films but a lot of it is like but not everybody thinks of him like that because they didn't see all that shit like even Drago shows up at one point, and so- and it's like, and he's like, "You don't understand what happened to me after you beat me. My wife left me. I was a yeah. disgrace to my country. I I'm I was ended up in poverty." And like, there's a whole thing there where it's like, yeah, like just because we he's been painted as the good guy does not make him the hero.
1: I Stallone has literally had a career of basically looking directly into camera and said, "I'm not the hero," for. <laughs> Rambo wasn't the hero. Like this no. the, these, these people are not the hero. We're like, woo, Stallone.
0: Just shows how good a, a writer is. Yeah, like yeah. even, even um he still probably has my favorite cop film of all time as well, which is Copland.
1: I haven't seen that either. Jesus, what? I get on that. It's the,
0: an incredible film.
1: All right, I'm done with Dustin Hoffman now. I'm going into the the, the Stallone.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. like if I was to have a Dustin Hoffman marathon, I'd just be watching Outbreak on repeat. Yeah. A
1: great one. Yeah, it's just he, I, was, I was going to do Tootsie next, but I might
0: just jump over to Sloan. Copland Tutsi's is great. something that's like incredible. So, the, the basic premise of Copland is there is a town just outside New York, it's the Bridge in New Jersey, and it's where all the New York police live. And right, he his character is the sheriff of that town, so he's policing a town entirely made of cops. Right and he could never join the nypd because uh he had an accident he's deaf in one ear right so because of that there and like he's very kind of polite and unassuming but like like even like you know the whole physical fitness thing is from the fact that it's like he always wanted and he thought if he trained harder and if he if he worked at it he could get that that job because he always wanted to be a city cop yeah. but because he couldn't he just has to be like a county sheriff out in the thing like and then like shit starts going sideways amongst the cops and then he gets dragged into it all Uh, but yeah it's a fantastic film like a hell of a cast of characters Mm. and and it's just like he plays it so well because at no point in the film does he come off as being intimidating or even trying to be intimidating yeah, he just he's a regular guy. He's real kind of like affable and kind of a little bit timid, even because he worships all these guys around him because they're all like city cops. And it's yeah. just it's so well acted, it's so well played. And definitely have to look that up. Yeah, incredible film. If anyone's like, I mean, it's a great one to watch. Just like people at home, okay, yeah, he's already stuck at home. A lot of people are because of COVID, but and I don't know, like we have listeners all around the place, but. Particularly in Ireland, over Christmas, there's you know, it's getting dark at four PM, it's freezing cold out. You wanna sit in, you just want to, and like they always show like a ton of films over Christmas, because most regular sh- scheduled programming gets kind of thrown out the window. And I always associate Christmas time with like film season. Yeah. And you sit down and you watch your films. And part of that as well is also like this is when all the fucking in a normal year this is when all the ones that were going for Oscar bait would come out like award season is kicking off but yeah that would be like if it was like i want to watch like an old style like or i just want to watch like a thriller a cop thriller that would be the one i would put on over christmas and watch
1: mm.
0: it's just That's good it's a it's a great film to watch and i don't know there's something about it it's just got a like when you're watching it the cars the the another s like like particularly the cars are probably something like yeah that kind of dates the film a little bit you can tell that it was made what, 15 20 years ago but at the same time when you're watching it you're like it's still a great film yeah and man. there's something about the story and the characters that's timeless so the
1: prem- the premise immediately grabs me i'm really interested in that and i know that Stallone always does a good job of stuff and he's not afraid to be I-, I know we were saying like he's not the hero but like he's not afraid to look shit and like yeah yeah, yeah. flawed and like bad he's, he's-
0: it's, I, I, I just think it's the, he gets so much stick because of his size. Like, yes, he is a big guy. And yes, he is someone who's always got himself in shape. And he is someone who does ridiculous films like Rambo, where he's literally ripping a guy's throat out. But at the same time, it's like, like he does those films for fun. And then there's other films that he wants to do because he wants to test himself as an actor or as a writer, yeah, yeah. or as a director. And when he does those ones, he, like, ego seems to disappear with him. At least from just my perception of the films, I honestly, he could be an absolute arsehole. <laughs> I've never heard stories one way or the other. I honestly don't know. Um, but, like, yeah. it just, he seems to be like, it's not like, he doesn't let his ego get in the way. He's like, yeah, if I need to step back, I'll step back. Like, he was, like, famously there was the whole thing in when he did Judge Dread, of, like, he took the mask off, or the helmet off, and he was like, oh, my God. But that was, like, the producers and the directors, because they're like... They have to see your face. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but the character doesn't take the mask off, the helmet off. And it's like, but, but, but like you're the star. And he's like, I think people will know who I am. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I, I like that lack of ego about him. Yeah. It's just a shame other people have it about him. They have the ego for him. And then he's like, I don't need you doing it on my behalf. <laughs> like, this is fine. But uh, uh, I'll
1: do, I'll do two other quickfire ones for uh, passing the torch, which is mm-hmm. the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movies where leonard nimoy shows up and they just basically do it's some time dilation shit don't worry about it but it is literally like him passing to his younger self and to the next generation of actors and being like yeah there you go and it's they they have it all completely in in universe well
0: the Um, same thing was already done in star trek generations
1: yes exactly uh and they do so but like that for big long-running series like this they do always like take a nice moment to be like yeah we want to keep this series going um, then they invert it in Indiana Jones where the hat gets blown off a hat rack and ends up at Sheila Buff's feet and he picks it up and very dramatically is about to put it on and Harrison Ford just w- rips it out of his hand and puts it on his own head and you're like yeah fair Yeah, it's Harrison. It's a Harrison Ford movie we don't need
0: yeah and he's he's come out and said like he, he'd rather let the franchise die than see it go to a shit actor Yeah, I don't think Sheila Buff's <laughs> a shit actor no, but I think it's more his Morris point is like just let it die it's yeah. had its day just let it die so <laughs> I mean, like, oh, we're, you... we're now, what, like, in another 10 years, 10 to 15 years, the films will be taking place uh, 100 years before they're actually released. You know what I mean? Like, it's getting <laughs> to the point where right. like, a century between them. Like, there's still Nazis in those films. Yeah. Like, so, granted, there's Nazis in modern-day America, but is <laughs> it is what uh, it is. Do you
1: have any other film examples? I kind of fed you creed, if I'm honest.
0: I'm just... I'm trying to think is there any other ones that were it's, there's 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 kind of no I'm actually not going to bring that franchise up because it's shit Bear. I was going to mention Terminator and the first two are good. first yes yes. yes and that actually has like the weird loop of the torch is repeatedly passed through the same three people
1: yes and it's it's so such it's, a weird one because
0: it's like, sarah connor to john connor john connor to Kyle Reese, Kyle Reese to sarah connor yes and it goes around and, it, and they have all these films that they keep jamming in and like fucking with stuff and we're giving away the entire plot line in the trailer yeah like oh looks there's a big surprise in the film this is what it is three months before the film's coming i was like great i don't have to go and watch it now
1: yeah um it's it's such a weird one because they it feels like they can't pass the torch from, like, the producers, the Hollywood side. We're like, well, is, is Swords ever going to be in it? Like, he has to be in there. So even if it's a CGI version of him, he has to be in it. they like, well, maybe we just tell another story in that universe. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. no it's, they keep fucking it up, like.
0: Yeah. They're actually, like, looking back on it, despite all the stick I got at the time, compared to the dealer shit that's come out, man, Terminator Salvation's a really good film.
1: <laughs> it, I, I have this long-running... Thing that Sam Worthington is the most forgettable person of all time, and I was like, man, have you made him as a killer robot? (laughs) Yeah, if 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 someone said you got to watch out for Sam Worthington, he's coming to kill you. I was like, oh man, I got to keep googling
0: him to remember his face. (laughs) It's like it was like the 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 actual the Matt Damon thing when Matt Damon was Kylos, this Jason Bourne, and that is that's a great idea, and people were like but he's not a good like I don't think he'd make a good action star and I'm like that's the point he's meant to be a spy he's yeah. meant to be an assassin who just blends into a crowd you like fucking Matt Damon came walking at you in a crowd you wouldn't think he's going to be the threatening <laughs> one that's the point if yeah. anything he should have, he should have the glasses
1: and mustache he had in the accountant or whatever it was it so just be like yeah it's just a random dude it's fine
0: yeah random Jim the um
1: no that wasn't the accountant it was something else the informant yeah, I can't remember. The account was was Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, That's why I thought of it. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're interchangeable, really. Um, and <laughs> um, um,
1: for games, the reason that made me think of it was playing control and uh functionally them passing the torch of the Alan way storyline,
0: or passing the gun oh, at the no. start of the game. So
1: it starts with her, yeah, picking up the gun from the previous director who has. Just used it to shoot himself in the head, and then she becomes the director of the FBC. Which and she's is a. Like, but I
0: just I just picked up the gun, and then she yeah. finds that she's not like, yeah. But if if you weren't picked to be the next director, the gun would have killed you when you picked yes. it up. And she's like, oh, okay. I, she... I wish I knew that before. <laughs> she was appointed
1: by the board, and the board <laughs> is an alien intelligence that seems to inhabit an inverted pyramid that talks to you, seemingly in concepts more so than actual language. Yes. Uh, which is very strange, but so the the whole game starts with a passing of the torch, which is the you know by giving you this ex- functionally Excalibur. In fact, it's mentioned as Excalibur in the game.
0: Yeah, it um, takes on the form whatever is most appropriate to the time and place.
1: Yeah. So you she gets it and becomes the chosen one and everything like that. But uh, I loved Alan Wake, which was a fantastic game, and it was about a it was a Stephen King style story of a writer in this small town that supernatural shit is happening and it's implied that he can affect reality by writing his stories near this lake um and they really really wanted to do a sequel and set it up for a sequel and left some characters alive and left some characters missing and then they did their their american nightmare not quite dlc follow up which is just takes place in this strange other world while wake is missing and is being tormented and then they basically wrapped it up they in control bring back some of the bad guys who didn't get their comeuppance, bring back a bunch of characters uh, and make explicit reference to what happened and then hint at where Alan Wake is uh, now and just basically start wrapping stuff up and say, even if we want to come back to it and do more storyline, we can. But let's just tie up the the loose ends that we never got to in our sequel. And it's just such a funny thing of like passing the torch directly into another game and being like, there you go, you wrap up our story and then you're wrapping up two games at once
0: there was, like based on our last topic of destiny there is kind of an element of that in the storyline yeah so that storyline isn't really there anymore because <laughs> um so there was basically in so there's this there's the three playable classes of titan hunter Warlock, and then there was a faction leader for each of the three yep and they were all on the fire team together and they're the guys who founded the vanguard which is what the players of. The Titan is voiced by
1: Nathan Fillion. No, no that's, that's the hunter. that's yep.
0: Yeah. That's the hunter.
1: And it's Holt from Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm... shit my branches after Cap- blank. Captain on.
0: Holt. Yeah yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Is it Captain no, Holt no, no, or is no, it from Fringe? No. It's the dude from Fringe. Um, Lance Reddick. Yes. So it's it's Lance Reddick. Right? You're thinking of Andre Brer is the guy who's yes. Captain Holt. Um but both, they both have very... a
1: Gravitas
0: Gravitas and a commanding physical presence um, in that they can just like you know they stand Stare to attention you and you just feel like you need to stand to attention and you're sitting on your couch watching them it's like um. <laughs> uh, and then um, Gianna Torres is the voice of uh, Ikora the warlock mm. play, who's Zoe on Firefly yes so and much like in Firefly Kate is the jokester and he's constantly trying to make Ikora laugh and she's having none of it and you're like this fourth character in the, all the storylines you are yep. like the chosen one and you are the like you are an equal to them and you don't say a word all the way through destiny 2 there's a really weird moment where it's like in the character creation they ask you just to, to pick your voice and then you never say anything and you're like what the fuck is that about <laughs> but then it gets to a point where they did like they started doing the first like dlc's and the first one was called forsaken and there's a basically a prison break and this thing called the prison of elders and yeah. there's an amazing cutscene where you go in and there's like a whole like mission that you're going through with cade and he's being a cocky asshole. uh he's usually like himself and he does some ridiculously over the top stuff as is his tradition because mm. he's like he's cocky but he can back it up which is kind of like his yeah, thing. yeah. and there's a there's a moment where they, they he basically dies. And as he's dying, so like this whole thing of like a guardian can be reincarnated because you have your ghost. And as yeah, long as you a ghost flies around. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point where you're like he's fighting like a hundred guys, and there's like the five or six generals are just standing there watching it. And then like at, at a certain point in the fight, one of the generals just turns around and starts climbing this big like pillar, and he has a massive crossbow on his back and he hangs off the pillar with his legs and he's aiming the crossbow. And then as soon as like, Cade's all fucked up, he takes the ghost out to heal himself and your man just snipes the ghost. Yeah. And then like Cade's like, right, well, I'm coming home. Like he literally looks at his gun, which is named after a friend, like uh, his colleagues. And he's like, I'm coming home. And he just starts like trying to go through them all. Um, and he gets killed. And then that's the start of the campaign for this DLC. And the DLC is tracking down the guys who killed him. But there's a whole series of missions where Cade has left a bunch of stashes around right. the software system. And in each one, like the whole idea was, his Will basically said, whoever kills me gets my stuff.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the standard Ron Swanson.
0: <laughs> and you have to track down the caches to find all his stuff. Um, though you're not the one who killed him, but you're like, right. you know. And, and the, actually, the first time your character speaks, and bear in mind, this is like a year after the game shipped, on PC, two years after shift on console, and right. like he gets killed, and they're at, they're at the at his funeral, and like his casket with the flag over it, and there's a whole, like your man um, uh, uh, Zavala, Lance Reddick's character is like, "No, we're not going after him. I've done burying friends." And then you hear a voice going, "You won't have to," and you're like, "Wait, that was the voice I picked two years ago." <laughs> 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 your character is like, he's like uh, the guy, the guy killed him. Scholar himself, so like Aldrin self is mine. And yeah. like, it's, it, it's that's like the first time you speak. And they even make a joke like five minutes previous where you run in and Kate is dying in your arms. And he's like, hey, buddy, oh, speech is as usual, typical. And you're just like, but the whole thing is that you go around and you find all this stuff. And then you're the person standing there in all the meetings. They never replace Kate because you're the guy who's meant to replace. Him. Right, right. So they literally, like... In the first game and in the first year, year and a half of the second game, they're like, "This is the commanding inner circle, and you're working for them." And then one of them dies, you avenge him, and they don't replace him because you're there. Yep. And it's it's a it's a weird thing because like a lot of long term online games, World of Warcraft, that type of thing, there's all these characters and the storyline is happening with all them, and they're occasionally going, "And we need your help, champion." Yep. But it's kind of it doesn't. (laughs) quite so directly involve you as that yeah and it's it's, like, not, it's a form of storytelling that's kind of kind of like really only emerging over the last four or five years like yeah. mmos are very much the territory of pc and mmos have kind of adapted into stuff like destiny or uh, division or those kind of like more console oriented there's no subscription but there's a season pass and it's more um uh like there's less of a heavy storyline aspect but what they do tell with their story, they're trying to go bigger with it because mm. it's just—I think it's a like it's a budget and a like you know uh, using your resources wildly wisely. Yeah. Whereas like World of Warcraft, it's like better I went to the money pit so we can go make whatever. Well, at least for the first like eight or ten years, I think. So yeah. I'm kind of—it's an interesting thing to see. Whereas like a lot of in well, WoW, a lot of the story happens around you. Yeah, uh, yeah. In Destiny and the Division, a lot of the story happens directly because you did something. Yeah. in Wow, it's like, yes, I did something. I did it. And you're standing there in the middle of a crowd of 25 people. And it's like, yes, you're yeah. all a hero. Well done. Yeah. You're 25
1: people who all did the same mission while two planets crash together above your head. You're like, it's me, it's all about me. It's like it's really right, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> bad. There was literally a cutscene in, in at the end of the not the last expansion, the one before it, where you see them like pulling the spirit of a of a of a planetary titan out of the center of a planet. And it, but meanwhile, like, and this is after you've had a fight with like twenty four of your pals in a little <laughs> throne room, and it's like, yeah, I mean, the scale feels a bit weird here. <laughs> meanwhile, so you're uh, chasing snakes around a temple, be like, ah, yeah, and then, like, it's the, it's the whole like, how do you blend the RPG and the online stuff? Because single player RPGs, they can very much make it as you are the character, you are yeah, the yeah. King, you are the whatever, and transfer like. There's not necessarily a passing of the torch in a lot of them it's more like you are prophesized that you would return or you would yeah, yeah. come but like the a, i
1: was i was thinking of how the passing of the torch specifically in games is doing it's either an inciting incident like oh your father's killed and you find his assassin's creed gear and you're like oh like i i need to learn about my father or it's the end of a tutorial where they bring you all the way along and then like that, one of the main characters dies and you step in and you realize that like, now this is the start of the real game. I'm a few hours in. Uh, yeah. But there's a couple of games where it can happen multiple times. So Rogue Legacy and a Cult Simulator yeah. are games where they use the extra life mechanic or the, the next game mechanic to basically be like, yeah, it's whatever happened last time. You're just picking it up again. So yeah. Rogue Legacy is the little, ro- literally roguelike where you are flying through the game. But as soon as you die, your character is... Uh, a descendant of your previous character and can has certain abilities and certain equipment is that true to keep going but is basically starting again from scratch
0: yeah and then you the um called the simulator where i think it's like your first playthrough is scripted and then the second playthrough is the start of the scripted based on what happened in the first yeah. So
1: the first time I played it, it was like, you're a librarian who finds some secret knowledge and you go through all this thing, but you, you don't feel like you're making a lot of progress and then you die. Or at least that's what happened to me. I died. And then my second playthrough was the doctor examining my own corpse from the first playthrough and basically shortcutting a lot of the knowledge that I'd had to gain in the first one, because now he's got the basis of, well, how did this person die? Well, Maybe he had some um maybe he had some books and stuff and because he was a doctor he already had a job and money so i was like okay then i'm i'm way ahead this time around yeah Um,
0: the alien isolation is one i could think of
1: oh it's a great one yeah yeah
0: it's uh, again i'm not sure if it counts as passing the torch it's like you're playing as ellen ripley's daughter uh samantha and it's like but like obviously ellen ripley isn't there yes so
1: do you know a, a video game mechanic like that is they basically do it with the logs, like the voice messages you hear when you play games and stuff like that is like, well, your character is kind of a blank slate, so we can always have a character give you the information you need in the background.
0: Hmm. I'm just I'm I'm just going through scrolling through. I'm trying to think if anyone's a jump out to me. I suppose um, transistor, the torch passes itself to you. Oh yeah. In That's the form be- of the
1: sword. <laughs> The animate talking torch that wants to... Uh, you could argue that all Zelda games is the passing of the torch where everyone's aware of the hero of time and they're just waiting to see who it's going to be this time around. But uh, the the timeline of Zelda is so murky and weird that there's no way there's no way to know if that's even true. It could be the same guy every time.
0: Yeah. Um, what about TV shows? TV
1: shows, I had two, uh two ones where... Uh, like in, in There's an episode of Smallville where... Um, Christopher Reeve shows up, and it's it's kind of more of a nod than anything else. But it is that kind of like the the Superman mythos is so long running that it's cool to kind of bring back an old character. Um, then there was the Battlestar Galactica reboot, and again, this happens a lot with reboots or like con- modern continuations of old stories, where the guy who played Starbuck shows up in it as a different character, but in real life, he passed the torch to uh, what's he called the actress? I can't think of her name uh uh who was playing the new starbuck leelis is out there somewhere shouting her name
0: well he looks like her so he will be yeah. um katie sackoff
1: that's it but the the guy who played starbuck originally passed the cigar to her while they were in a starbucks drinking starbucks and put it up on instagram and that was him going here's the torch now it's yours and just her like chewing on it going yeah <laughs> so yeah. That was a nice little moment
0: I'm. I'm just trying to think. Like, also, it's not a film that's out yet, but it has been confirmed that the next Spider-Man film is basically going into the multiverse thing, oh, and nice. and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are coming back. Nice, because they're all the different universe versions of uh, Spider-Man. There will be an amount of that in that, I imagine.
1: Did you ever see the Ninja Turtles uh, multiverse one?
0: Mm, no
1: can't remember the name of it but they do that where like they're fighting a uh it's the not the michael bay one but it's the cartoon network 3d one where they all look a little bit more anime yeah and they have to fight something that's so big that it spans universes so they're like all right well then we need more we need more people we need to actually do this so they go back and get like the 90s cartoon version of themselves to help who show up and start doing stuff and they're like guys we need even more so they get the black and white comic book versions of themselves who are hyper violent yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like we actually need some we need someone to do something bad here so they get yeah. like raphael and they're like we're gonna let, let you off your leash for a minute please don't kill anyone and he's like yeah. i'm absolutely gonna kill people i'm gonna kill people right now
0: yeah like uh, for anyone who doesn't know in the original uh 20 issue or t- I think it was 20 or 24 issue run of the teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. Uh, it was black and white. The only way they all looked identical except for their headbands, and uh, not the rest of their armor, like like all their wristbands and stuff were the same color. And the foot soldiers were not robots. Nope. So they were just cutting their ways through humans. <laughs> uh,
1: actually in the in the Jim Henson movies, they weren't robots either. They were all kids. And like one of them was Sam Rockwell.
0: <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where he's like we got arcade games and cigarettes and we can we got a half pipe it was totally So it was like cool it's like and then we're also going to fight for this weird religious cult It was like i only came here because of cigarettes i i don't know if i agree with that um the the thing that i was thinking of was like what did i w- watch most as a kid that had the torch passing It was just wrestling they just anytime a wrestler needed a break or anytime they were starting a new storyline uh they would do a big fucking deal about passing the torch to the next like wrestlers, or if there was a really popular wrestler and they wanted to bring up another face character, they would have the, the famous wrestler do something, uh, like bring up the face character and then do a heel turn and be like, yes, I, The Rock, I'm the one who ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin with a limo, and I'm evil now, and I'm going to wear black clothes. Uh, and then some remember, other new
0: wrestlers would have to start. I remember seeing a pay-per-view when I was about 18 or 19, so nearly 20 years ago, and uh, it was Chris Jericho it was early in the night it was like the second match of the night um because me and my friends used to do were like 18 19 years old. one of the one of my mates Aiden would basically get the pay-per-view and we'd all mm-hmm. like spend the evening over in his drinking and just shooting the shit and watching the thing is just kind of like yeah fuck it. it's cheaper than going out and it's it's a bit of a laugh Yep. um and we were and but like it was unusual to see Jericho on that early in the night right are like, okay, okay, well, maybe they're just easing off on him a bit and then, let, like, you know, work a new storyline and then build back up. And this yeah. guy comes out to fight him. And the guy is someone we've never seen before, and he's got neon green trunks and neon green pads with white trim, and his name is John Cena, and he has absolutely no gimmick. Wow. And he comes out and he beats Jericho in the space of, like, seven minutes or something like that. We're like, oh, okay, this must be some new guy that they're going to bring out. And yeah. then the next time we saw Cena, he had his gimmick and we are like, what the fuck is this?
1: This <laughs> is so
0: weird. His gimmick was a rapper or something originally? Yeah. I was,
1: go- I was gone at that stage.
0: But when he first, the very first time I saw him wrestle on a pay-per-view, he didn't have a gimmick. He was just oh, John Cena and he just comes out. Nobody yeah. knew who he was. He'd done house shows and stuff, but not the televised ones. And, um, yeah, he, he was up against Jericho. He had no gimmick. He had... A, like a very plain outfit like bog standard and he beat him and it was like okay big deal they're making a push on him wonder who this guy's gonna be 20 years later it's like it's kind of crazy the um i do love his stories though about how he came up with his whole like you can't see me and the rapper thing and all the rest
1: yeah yeah he and still it was really like, working like,
0: yeah like it's so good like it's just he didn't expect any of it the last to be taken seriously and he's like yeah. 20 years stuck with it It's like <laughs> I that
1: point but uh man I, I really really wonder what Americans think of Graham Norton's show because they must just see clips on YouTube like there's all this and it's got such a weird um weird background to the show that they must always know it's from this one thing but they must never see full episodes and it's just celebrities telling the craziest stories or British celebrities telling insane stories while Americans sit next to them, just holding their face, going, "Jesus Christ!" Yeah, we have a habit. Of- like, I'll watch the Robbie Williams story over and over again, where he talks about oh, getting, getting right. a hand job at yeah. a castle.
0: Oh, I it with the <laughs> Boomer, he's no, not. That other one is even worse. <laughs> 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 I was like watching his favorite pub burn. Yeah, watching <laughs> his
1: kid being born, and he was down the business end. He's like, we well, like watching your favorite pub turn down." <laughs> and like, but like, uh, like. Fucking Justin Timberlake or Anna Kendrick or someone will be on the couch next. to him just holding their face, going, "Oh no, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that shit, man."
0: My favourite one is that Greg Davies tells a story with um, uh, with Jodie Foster, Russell Crowe, and Ryan Gosling on the couch. <laughs> Ryan Gosling is laughing so hard he turns purple. <laughs> um, oh. Slightly sidetracked. Yes. Um, well, yeah, no, it is actually the passing the torch moment. that you mentioned. There was a point where uh when he was incredibly young and he was still in school, I think he was about 15 or 16, Henry Cavill was in a film right. with as an extra and met Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe essentially um like gave him some motivational speaking type thing. And then when they went to make like Superman, they like he went up to him and he's like do you remember such and such? And he was like, that was you. And he's like, yeah, I was fat cowl. Cause apparently he was a fat bastard and he's in school. Right, right. And literally he ended up playing his dad on, on Super, <laughs> Super <laughs> oh, but great. Yeah. Like I actually thought it was quite nice that it's like, yeah, there's a bit of an element to that there, but it was, it was basically after they finished production, he had remembered his name and he got a package shipped to him to, as basically a way to encourage. Him. Nice. Uh, and there was a letter in, in that. So. Uh, and then oh I think as somebody who's like some parts identifiable and other parts like, you know, maddeningly over talented. Yeah. Like, what's we'll the go passing to Henry Cavill? Like, Henry Cavill, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, is just, he's, you know, he's, he's, he is one of the boys. He's, he's a diehard PC gamer who famously. Yeah, yeah nearly missed his casting for superman because he was tanking a world of <laughs> warcraft raid he is a 40k player who basically spent half a lockdown assembling and painting toy soldiers i mean yeah i i am what well, maybe like 20 push-ups away from being him so <laughs> yeah, say, he he is
1: just a pc gamer like tabletop player who happens to have a problem lift like a problem where he can't stop lifting weights there's something wrong with the lad
0: what you call it? it's like what, uh, what's his name did fin diesel Vin Diesel yeah. got fit, so you, like, people would stop bullying him, his brother, and his mates for playing D&D. <laughs>
1: I, I love that that's like, when you look at them, they're like, well that's their defining feature, and it's like, that's not even top five for these lads, they are yeah. doing everything else, and then they just decided to lift the heavy thing. Uh, I, I'm watching the latest season of The Sinner, which is, the first two seasons are great, and the third season, like the first season is, oh, this lady kills someone on a beach, and even she doesn't know why she did it, and like, oh, a mystery. The second was like, oh, this kid killed some people. And it's like, oh man, even more mystery. And the third season's like, and now a white man has killed some people. And are like, nah, not pushed. That's that's literally every murder. I don't know. No mystery there. He's a white guy. It's just, he did it. Um, but uh, guy from the center. All
0: right.
1: What's his name? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Thank you. Thank you for the, 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 the Greek chorus there. Uh, <laughs> Bill Pullman has the same acting style as Henry Cavill in The Witcher. And there's clearly lines written, but he just doesn't say them there's bits where he walks into a room and he just goes uh, 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 and they just move on with the scene and i'm like there was definitely a line there and he just didn't do it
0: yeah well they said that about the witcher is like they had dialogue from, him and they yeah. just found that he's really good at saying fuck, so they just left it at <laughs> <over> the <time.
1: laughs> i know we're, we're doing a joke in the house where it's just everybody asking bill pullman questions that he won't answer it's like we're on who wants to be a millionaire the next voice you're going to hear is your son okay dad I got 30 seconds this the question actually pertains to a case you worked on last year who's the killer dad who's the (laughs) killer dad it's 10 seconds left you gotta give me the answer (laughs) it's like oh and your time is up
0: (laughs) it's I mean you know less is more sometimes
1: (laughs) I I would watch him stumble through an investigation for another three seasons it's so good
0: It's, is, it's is it like a serious Columbo? Is that a It part? is,
1: it is functionally Columbo minus the jokes, and it's still as engaging. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, for Passing the Torch and TV shows, I wasn't going to go into spin-offs and stuff because we've done spin-offs as a separate yeah, thing. Like,
0: it's very rare for them to actually, like remove the main character and make someone else the main character. Yeah. In an established TV show. Uh, i would say
1: for spin-offs kind of there's been loads of tv shows where like john oliver was on uh i can't remember whether he was on the Colbert Report or whether he was on um uh not last what's the other one tonight, anyway, show? The tonight the show. Daily show? yeah whatever the, the daily show. show he's like whatever he was on he was then like the, the kind of spin-off and the torch was passed and stuff like that but even then that doesn't really work um because like it's just it's just he got his own show or even Trevor Noah taking over the Daily Show it's like yeah it just, they needed someone else so <laughs> like there was a torch passing moment but that's just a continuation of the previous show
0: well it just showed like the with with John Oliver Trevor Noah and um, the Aussie comedian his name is now escape Me the one who stuck Jim. the egg on his ass Jim Jeffries. Jim Jefferies <laughs> yeah um, they like i think networks just kind of hooked on to it's very popular it's easier for americans to digest somebody critiquing them when it comes from somebody a comedian who's not of their nation yes it's the outsider's eye it's like well he only sees it that way because he's yeah you know he's australian he's south african he's whatever like it's just
1: america's huge like if it was a if it was a new york guy talking about something going on in the middle of America or California, you could absolutely see Americans be like, fuck you. But if it's a British lad, they're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. it, if he's wrong, it's because he doesn't get it. And if he's right, it's like, oh, nice insight.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I do know that's where a lot of that came from. But I can't think, no, there's no other real, like, passing. The, well, I suppose we've had the end of, well, you haven't seen it, um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. But there's literally yeah. a moment where Cap passes the shield.
1: So that, it's a whole thing with superhero stuff where literally, oh, I can't be Batman anymore, so you're going to have to do it. Or it can't be like super, there's Captain America and there's the shield. And there's always a totem they can pass to literally like um, give it to the next person. And I love the idea that, that these universes demand a character. They demand a God of Death. They demand a Batman. They demand a, a Captain America. So somebody has to take up the mantle. Yeah
0: so it's um yeah like I, I i they've they've passed that torch there's is it just that it's kind I assume of they, uh, the iron Man, Spider Man as well but
1: i assume that it doesn't go into the tv shows they don't have any of the main characters show up in agents of shield and literally like give the blessing to the show because just contracts legals all this kind of stuff
0: no they do reference the stuff same within um the marvel series that were done on netflix the defender stuff hmm. um, they referenced the incident oh yeah and then like the alien tech is used in uh, like the Chitauri tech is used in some of that stuff and um, the there's references to the hulk and that type of thing there but it's it's only with the marvel plus stuff that they've actually specifically said that they're doing like like there's one division coming right um, like the trailer for that's already out and that might actually be a tie-in to uh dr strange three we're not sure yet
1: got it it's it's so interesting to see where they don't pass the torch there it's so interesting to
0: see like is iron fist gonna show up no (laughs) no he's not it's like oh it's a massive drive to get uh, to keep your man on as matt Murdock though
1: yes i can absolutely see that yeah yeah.
0: and I, the fact that the, the one thing I love about that is he didn't realize that Murdoch was blind until the day before the audition, so he have been practising his <laughs> blinds and like he was doing reads with someone and like you know they were like, yeah, cool, cool. And then one of his other friends was like, you know, I'll, I'll do some reads. He's like, sure. And he's like, stop looking at me like I said, why? He's like, the character's blind. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, man, like, you got to like train yourself to not look at the guy and he's like,
1: oh, shit. <laughs> I'd argue then that he was practicing it as a completely able-bodied person and then at the last minute took away the vision, which is the, maybe the best way to do it. Instead yeah. of saying, I'm blind, how able-bodied should I be? It's like, completely. You're yeah. fine. You're Matt Murdock.
0: That's literally the point of Daredevil, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's already a call to like bring him on further um, and like to bring him back. Yeah. Um, same for uh, Luke Cage.
1: Yeah, because
0: that makes sense. I can't remember his first name, Coulter, his second name, Mike Coulter, I think. He nailed it um he just said just, like he has the physical presence and it's the yeah.
1: i can i can see those two fitting into like long-running storylines uh and being part of other teams jessica jones i don't i, fe- I always felt like that was its own thing because mm. it's it's telling its own story yes. and it's like it's like when constantine shows up and teams up with like batman or whatever and i'm like uh isn't he dealing with like <laughs> werewolves and monsters i just
0: yeah yeah i mean like there's there's um like that's cameos more than anything else it's yeah. not the really like a, a passing of but that's like that's the thing it's i think with it's particularly with someone like uh with the marvel universe they've they've already had it happen once majorly they've i still think that they wasted a. I, there's the whole thing like there's an argument to be made of when at the end of Endgame, when Iron Man finally sees Spider Man, they don't say anything; they just hug, yeah. and it's like a, you know that's and that's kind of like it's a really like nice moment. But I kind of also think that it's like I think that was the perfect line time to use the great power, great responsibility line. I just I'm like because they because they purposely never did it in the Tom Holland films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought like it'd be like an, a really nice twist to have it come from there. Um, also sorry yes um, uh, it's also coming up in the Thor films where Chris Hemsworth becomes Odinson so oh, in the right. Odinson yeah. is Thor but he does not have Mjolnir right right and because uh, Natalie Portman's character Jane Porter I think is her surname I can't remember never remember her name she's becoming Thor which is a storyline that happened um, in the comics. So there's like, like he becomes the son, Right. And, and then like Valkyrie is now the leader of the Asgardians. So like, that's already been, but those are very much kind of like in the last five minutes of the film. So far has it been, or like something that was revealed on a stage at Comic-Con. Like we've yet to see most of this happen. Uh, how it's flashed out. Like there's the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series is coming soon as well. Hmm. Uh, that's set. Uh, hmm from the point where, like, from after the the films. So I'm interested to see what they do with it then because he's retaining the name Falcon, but he still has it. And, like, in the in the Marvel Comics run, both Bucky and Sam have been Captain America at some point while still having, like, there was a Captain America rocking around with a left a bionic left, a left arm and there was a black Captain America wings. Like, both of these things have happened. So yeah. I'm not sure which way they're going to do it. Um, like, it was directly handed to Sam. The point where, and then, like, Sam looks at, like, bookie and bookie just shakes his head and smiles. Yeah. So it's, like, as if they're going, no, no, it's yours. It's not mine. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I I'm mean, I'm, I'm wondering if, that, if this series is about him getting comfortable taking up the thing. What I would yeah. all like to see them do is I don't want them to flinch away from the racial aspect of it yeah yeah because he straps uh, it on and the fucking the dickheads lose their shit because oh no a black man is captain america
1: ah. that, so that that's one of the things i i always say i don't want to watch superhero movies because i hate an origin story i was like all right we all know who spider-man is they they do it really well in into the spider-verse of just fast forwarding through some of that shit where they're like
0: with tom um, holland as well it just starts but, off andy
1: but that's a way. If they want to do an origin story, then do a passing the torch moment. do like the next time you do a Batman, don't do and his parents were killed. Do a fellow going through his like dead father's stuff and finding the suit and be like
0: in the last five minutes of the last Nolanverse film. Yeah, yeah. Literally passed to uh yeah. a Gordon Loves character, Robin. But but
1: do that. Have a character who we're like, well, we all know who the fuck Zoro is. Don't do it from scratch. Have it have him find his dad's shit and be like, fuck. Like I I got to um take up this mantle for some reason. That, the the mm-hmm. thing of like handing someone a the shield and be like you are now the blank slate character so we can see we can be the wish fulfillment of me being like oh I get to see a weak character becoming strong. But we already know who Captain America is. You don't need to explain it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean like the, and that's that's the thing that they they've done it once in the comics and then like they've never really gone back it's like, because it's the whole thing of like it's not like okay we're we're doing a new version of the storyline so like when they do like okay we've done our you know we're we're doing our storyline it's a period it's a time period block from 95 to 2020 and they do that and then they're like okay we're going to do like a reboot they're not going to jump all the way back into captain america they're like everyone knows captain america let's just start it from the 95 point again yeah yeah. so it's actually one of the characters that's kind of avoided it to a degree Um, and spider-man is the other extreme where yes. spider-man has reboots the way uh, has origin stories the way fucking gene gray has deaths it's <laughs> like like spider-man has legitimately given birth to himself once
1: wait did it his body I'm not explaining, explaining
0: that he he stepped out? I'm not explaining that any further you can look at up if you want <laughs> <laughs> it'll make me angry
1: uh i always like telling people that their future storyline it's like just pointing at characters you know in the future she dies because his sperm is radioactive and they don't use a rubber and i was like what and i was like yeah that was a storyline
0: <laughs> spider-man gave birth to himself
1: uh, on that note i think we're pretty <laughs> good to wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean yeah i'm happy to leave it there
0: and um, I, de- I would definitely be interested if there's any other examples we've missed though
1: yeah absolutely
0: uh because like it, it is those things that doesn't necessarily feel like it's done too often particularly the one i'd be most interested in is tv series
1: yeah
0: if you can think of a tv series where there's a legitimate passing the torch moment and i don't mean one character basically like the actor gets written off and then another character comes in we're not doing I, like a roseanne and the the, fucking yeah, yeah. Aunt, the o'connells no, or whatever it
1: is it's so weird with tv i was looking for examples and they really don't feel like they want to rock the boat. Like if someone is, if a character, if an actor is leaving, they do a heroic death. Mm. But they, they, they generally don't do a whole. And by the way, this is the new person who you're going to fall in love with. They just figure it out on the fly, and it's so weird. It's like, don't worry, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to change things too much.
0: There was there was a weird moment towards the the last few seasons of X Files where Duchovny went for a bit. Yeah. and they were doing like a it was almost like a game of like keep you up with the other characters they're bringing in because they didn't <laughs> yeah. want to keep anyone in too long to make you feel like this was the new main character this yeah. is now Gillian anderson and three or four others who would occasionally be there and they were like ah oh, maybe this one no this one? Like yeah. this one you like this one you like this one no don't you huh huh what about this one what about this one? and it's just like <laughs> okay yeah but like Gillian anderson is still the main character right and then <laughs> like the company came back
1: yeah uh, they did they did the same with scrubs where they brought in the much younger like that, starting that class,
0: season. yeah. It's a shame that season never got filmed because it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah.
1: But oh they, Christ, they put, terrible. They, they put them up as webisodes to be like, oh, we'll just do little episodes with the with the new cast to see which ones people like. And it's like that's you just admitting that you don't have the confidence to put them in and like give them their own actual episodes. You're just like relegating it to random internet bullshit. It's like, hey, eh, <laughs> maybe you like them. And I was like, okay.
0: Um. But yeah, I'd be interested to see if anyone can come up with a decent TV example of it. Yeah. Um, And if so, let us know. Also, before we wrap up, some friends of ours, we're very reluctant to actually push our own work, but I'm going to push the work of some friends. Go for it. So music-wise, our friend Helmut, who did the music for this show under the name Sprinter, he has a new single out. The song is called Evelyn. The art, His music name is Blood and Water. It's very, like, 80s, electro-gough type. Real nice,
1: Depeche Mode kind of. Yes. It's, yeah. It's you'll start listening, and you'll just start nodding, go, yes, yes, this is what I've, I have known
0: the man 20 years, and over the 20 years, he's made, like, he, he has numerous times turned around and went, oh, and just kind of, like, hand you a CD and be like, I made an album, by the way. And he <laughs> has been gradually inching closer and closer to this sound, because yes. this is his genre of music. This is what he will listen to if you give him the chance it's it, it is straight up it is it is the peshmo. it's they can't dance it's, it's all of that and he he's like me he loves a fucking ton of different genres but this is his safe space yeah yeah and he's gradually dancing around it and this like slowly tightening spiral and he's <laughs> eventually getting there so it's uh, very good we'll, uh, we'll
1: either we'll either end this episode to that track uh or else we won't and i'll take this bit
0: out <laughs> and and the other the other what i wanted to say was um, a friend of ours who we worked with for many years, uh, Demon, he has released a new game and his company has yes. Empire of Sin, which is a uh, Prohibition era XCOM.
1: Yes, it's made with John Romero and Brenda Romero uh, of Doom fame and of other yes. games fame. Uh, Romero um, Games is
0: now based in Galway in Ireland. And Demon was the lead artist on the game that me and John used to work on. He was the art
1: director on it, and it is a stylish He's the art director the on the Doom
0: But he, yeah. was, he was the artist on the game we used to work on.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And he is
0: an, an immeasurably nice guy yes and um, i've never met someone so unrelentingly positive it's almost <laughs> disconcerting in a way sometimes what's your angle here yeah any moments you're like i'm gonna turn around He's after taking a kidney and i didn't notice and <laughs> um, but yeah they uh so empire sins just come out so if you like those kind of strategy xcom style games it's that but you're, you're uh you're running hooch in in a uh, prohibition era so um, yeah so we've like just friends of ours who are making good stuff uh the the quest heroes
1: guys if you're not listening you should be Are a video games podcast uh they ha- they between them have all the new xboxes and playstations and are reviewing absolutely everything to do with it um and it's some real good listening so jump on that
0: <laughs> i'm just jealous now because they have the consoles. that's the one thing in Southeast Asia, you don't really get an option like the demand to actually reach here is very limited for the first launch. Like,
1: yeah, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a neophile. I'm not like a early adopter. So I generally wait for something go out. Like, I, I don't buy games until they're usually <laughs> all the DLCs are out and I'm getting them slightly cheaper anyway. So i'm just kind of watching to see what kind of weird stuff happens and clive got like the very first xbox off the line and it was making a rattling noise and he was like videoing it and putting it up on twitter and like the, the heads of xbox in europe were like replying to him and be like yeah, yeah we'll get that sorted and he's like am i i might be the first person this am i the first person with this problem
0: yeah it's it's one thing that i think a lot of people don't remember because it seems to be six or seven years for a uh, console generation is enough for people to forget the teething problems that every console has in the first month or two. Yeah. The Gen 1 Xbox 360s, granted that was like 13 years ago, but the Gen 1 Xbox 360s having uh, the, the power block just randomly catching fire or <laughs> relentlessly red-ringing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Things that happen, you wait until there's like the initial wave has been done and out the door and you're like, cool. So the second wave, they've identified the problems and worked the fixes into the base build. Now I'll get one. Yeah. So essentially, what I'm trying to say is, if you want to buy me a console, wait till March. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. So uh, Empire of Sin by the guys over at Romero Games, our friend Evan, who's an awesome artist, and Evelyn by Blood and Water.
1: Yep. And Side Heroes, good stuff. Cheers, everyone.
0: Take care, guys.